everyone. You're listening to the Artist Chronicles podcast from the Institute for Arts Integration and STEAM, and this is episode 10. Each week, we will highlight an artist. It could be a visual artist, a dancer, an actor or actress, or a singer, but we aren't going to tell you their name. Throughout the podcast, it's your job to listen and to try and figure out who we're talking about. I'm your host, Molly Lucarelli, and I'm excited to be with you today. Are you ready? Let's go. Our story begins on a cold January day in 1980, when a little baby boy was born at Roosevelt Hospital in Manhattan, New York. His mother was a clinical psychologist who had met his father, a political consultant, while they were graduate students at NYU. After their baby boy was born, they moved from university housing to a home in a nearby neighborhood known for the large number of immigrants who lived there. The little boy's mother loved music and musicals and always had the soundtracks of Camelot or The Sound of Music playing. So his mom was thrilled when her little boy took an interest in music and performance as well. The little boy grew to love musicals, and when he was seven, his parents took him to see his very first show on Broadway, Les Miserables. It made an impression on him that would change his life forever. Around the same time, he was enrolled in piano lessons. After months of practice, the teacher decided her students were ready to give their first recital. The little boy's father remembers that recital fondly. People applauded. So he played a second song, and people applauded, and I remember his eyes popping up, and he said, I know another one. After a fourth encore, the little boy's piano teacher had to ask him to get off the piano bench so that her other students could play their prepared piece, and with that, there was no question what the little boy's future held. The little boy's parents sent him to a school for gifted children on the Upper East Side of New York City. Every day on the bus, his bus driver would rap as he drove the children to school. Meanwhile, just a couple of blocks away, a new genre of music was beginning to take shape. The boy fell in love with this new genre called hip-hop, realizing that it also told stories, just like musicals did. One of the most exciting things that happened during the boy's time in school was in sixth grade, when his music teacher directed a four-hour extravaganza of six musicals. Each musical was condensed into 20 minutes, and the boy was in heaven playing roles like Conrad Birdie in Bye Bye Birdie and Bernardo in West Side Story. In an interview later on, he recalled it was a lethal dose of musical theater. But even so, it was a wild dream for me. It was the most thrilling week of my life. In high school, the boy's obsession with movies and musicals continued. He enjoyed filming feature-length films with his friends and already begun to write his first musical called Nightmare in D Major. He threw himself into acting, directing, and writing. But one thing kept nagging him from the back of his mind. He struggled to see a career for himself in musical theater because few shows reflected his Latino background or life. After high school, he headed to Wesleyan University. Though there wasn't a large Latino community on campus, he was able to move into campus housing with a focus on Latino culture. 
The young man instantly felt at home because for the first time in a school setting, he didn't feel the need to check a part of his identity at the door. These people had shared experiences with him, many also being first-generation Americans. And then it hit him. He could write his own experiences for the stage and create his own opportunities. And so, he got to work. He began to explore the question of what does it mean to be Puerto Rican or Dominican if you don't actually live in either of those places, and began to doodle lyrics on a new musical in his class notes. Even though he only had a single song written, he applied for a program that would give him a weekend of performances at a campus theater and won the spot. In a stroke of luck, two soon-to-be graduates who were planning to start a theater company came to one of the performances and found him after the show. They told him they'd like to work with him on the show after he graduated, and they kept their word. After a series of readings, the show began to develop, and in 2007, it received an off-Broadway run. The run only lasted for six months before they received word that they would be moving to Broadway. However, in the downtime between the show's move from off-Broadway to Broadway, the young man took a vacation to Mexico to relax and regroup, as many people do. He packed a book to read while lounging on the beach. This book would turn out to be the unexpected and unlikely inspiration for his next big project. But first, he had to head back to New York for the Broadway run of his first show, where the young man would make his debut not only as the star of the show, but also as the composer and lyricist. Despite it being his first show, it won a Tony Award for Best Musical in 2008. Throughout all this, the young man continued to work on the concept album that the book he read on vacation had inspired. His intention was to get actual rappers to play the different character parts from the book, even doing a bad Busta Rhymes impression on the demo because he couldn't imagine anyone else doing it. In 2009, he was invited to the White House and decided to share the opening number from his concept album. After receiving encouragement from the audience that night, he continued to work on more pieces for the album. It would take another three years for him to realize that this wasn't an album, but his next show. The old saying, if it ain't broke, don't fix it, was not lost on the young man. He reached out to his award-winning team from his first show to bring his new one to life. Even before the show had its first preview, the limited run of the show was extended three times. After its off-Broadway opening in February 2015, it was an instant hit and immediately given a spot on Broadway, where it opened in August of the same year. Have you figured out who we're talking about yet? We'll give you one final hint. There's a million things he hasn't done, but just you wait. Yes, it's Lin-Manuel Miranda, creator of In the Heights and Hamilton. Aren't you glad he didn't throw away his shot? How lucky we are to be alive right now and get to witness his genius in real time. We don't know about you, but we're definitely anxious to see what this inspiring artist has in store for us next. 
This has been a production by the Institute for Arts Integration and STEAM. Teachers, for additional lessons and downloads that correspond to this lesson, please check out more information at artsintegration.com forward slash accelerator.